All right, hello everyone. Welcome back to the second take. Um, we have a very special guest, Thomas Bowman, in the house. Why don't you introduce yourself? What's up, guys? I am Roland's brother. He is my brother, and that's all you need to know, I guess, for us to get started here. Um, today, we're just going to jump right in uh, into the meat and potatoes, the top 10 small forwards list. We don't really have a current event that we want to talk about. Um, Jalen Brown did get overpaid, but that's a different podcast. Uh, anyway, top 10 small forwards are going to start off with our honorable mentions. Ryan, who do you have as your honorable mentions for the small forwards? Okay, so my honorable mention, I only have one. Um, this guy's a really young player, and honestly, by the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if he jumped up to six or seven on the list. But for right now, my honorable honorable mention is Franz uh, Fogner for the Orlando Magic. He's a really young guy, second-year player. He's good at everything. Kind of reminds me of Gordon Hayward a little bit when he was really good. Um, I just think he's a big guy, defensive player, so... I think he's right there, has a lot of potential, so he is my honorable mention. Yeah, I have him as one of my honorable mentions as well. I'm actually need, also need a preface. We had Paul George, Ryan and I had Paul George on our shooting guard list, so he won't be making appearance for us. And then I personally have Larry Markkinen as a power forward, while you guys may or may not have him on your list. Just prefacing that before we get into this any further, but... I have uh, uh, Franz Wagner as well as an honorable mention. I honestly think he could jump my number 10 dude or even my number nine uh, by the end of the season. So My honorable mention is DeMar DeRozan. I feel like he did. Oh, wow. Wow, okay. I think some guys played better and he took a bit of a step back. So I've got him. At How's 11. That? So basically at 11, you have yeah. DeMar DeRozan. Okay, okay. This is, that's pretty wild. This is getting spicy already. Oh, that's why we invited him. That's I why he's got a tie. He's got a tie. A suit and tie on for the pod, guys. Ooh, it's special. It's special today. Holy crap. Okay, I did not expect that to come out. Um, well, I mean... All right. Well, so, like, that moves us to starting the 10 list, yeah, I mean. Let's just start it off. Yeah, let's go. Let's start with you, Thomas. I'm interested to see who you have at 10. OG Ananobi at 10. Wow, you have Ananobi over DeRozan. Yep. So okay. you're telling me. Why? Uh, better defense. If I was to choose someone I wanted, I'd rather take him. He's a lot younger. I don't know. Why, why would you want a 33-year-old power or small forward? I guess... In a vacuum, uh, like if you're looking to trade for a guy, uh, you'd probably want in the no because of his youth. But in just for like a one-year deal, who's guess- currently who's currently better right now in your opinion? Like right now, if you had to start the 2023-2024 season, you have one season with this guy, would you want in a no or would, would you want DeRozan? I'd take in a no Oh my Dang. gosh. <laughs> I mean, for, for me personally, I think I That's like wild, DeMar right? for like a right now, if I'm trying to win now and I need a second tier star, I think DeMar DeRozan works out great for that. He's an elite scorer. But if I'm yeah. building a team long term, I can see the OG Ananobi pick, um, especially if you already have your top end talent. But I just think 
as a top end talent. That that would be rough for me to pick OG over Demar. Um, but I mean that me my number ten on my list was uh, Michael Porter Jr. Ooh. I put him up there just because he's improved a lot on defense. He's an elite shooter. He's a the third option for the team. He hasn't really had to do more um, than that. I think he could potentially do more, but I just think he's improved a lot as a player. And he showed he can be a key contributor on a title contending team. Michael Porter Jr. I actually have Michael Porter Jr. as one of my honorable mentions as well. Um, my biggest take on Michael Porter Jr. is he's shown a lot of improvement, but outside of shooting, I don't know how much he actually really brings for you. I was really high on Michael Porter Jr. coming out of high school. Um, and I just think ever since then, I, I mean, for next season, I don't see him being more than like maybe a 17 point per game score, get you one assist if he decides to, if he dribbles into a double team and he can't double dribble. Like that, I, he just doesn't pass. I think it's a miracle yeah. that he even passes the ball, but. He is. He can get a shot off whenever he wants. Um, I actually have Chris Middleton at my number ten. Now, uh, this is more of a long a resume pick. There's an argument to be made that he could even not even be in this top ten list, uh, especially after last year. I just have him there. He's a veteran. He's an all star. Uh, he's won a championship as well. And he can bring a little bit more to the table when healthy than anybody else that I have below him. He could be your primary playmaker for a couple possessions. He could also be your number one option when Giannis is off the floor. We've seen it in the playoffs, that championship run. So I have Chris Milton as my number 10 guy. And I'm kind of surprised about that one, too. Because I still think he's a he's a good player. He just, the last two season, his seasons, he hasn't been available for the Milwaukee Bucks which I think does drop his value. Yeah. It did drop him on my list, not that far to 10. I mean, because in this range we're at, like, for example, my number nine is OG Ananobi. So I'm kind of wow. more with Thomas in this area. Um, he's a good shooter. He's an elite defender, big body. His thing is he just doesn't get that much opportunity to create um, his own shot, create for his teammates. Maybe he could do it, but if you want a guy on your team um, and you're a contending team, he's one of those complementary starters you'd want to have. I mean, you got to think about the Raptors situation. Fred Lee's not going to be there next year. So mm -hmm. that'll be an opportunity to OG, especially to play make. We can see if he can do that level. And I think he's got the ability, so... The the hard thing for me is the Raptors are going to suck. Yeah. Now the Bulls sucked. Okay. Um, Michael Porter Jr. and like Chris Milton, those are the two names that we've mentioned previously. Are probably the only two out of the players that we've discussed so far that will be on good teams and make like contributing to winning. OG Ananobi could go out there and average twenty five a game. They're gonna still be in a lottery. They, they, that... There's no way they could be a good team, too, in my opinion, if he has to be in the position where he needs to average 25 a game. I mean, unless we see some crazy improvement, I feel like if he had that ability, he would have been doing it already. But it'd be hard for me to believe the Raptors would be a good team if he had to go out and do that, right? 
Like, I think that's not really his role in the NBA. But why why do you have Ananobi over Middleton or over uh, over Michael Porter Jr.? Ananobi, because as you mentioned, Michael Porter Jr. is an elite shooter. And while Ananobi isn't quite as good of a shooter, he still averages 17 a game, which is close to Michael Porter Jr. And he's a lot better defender. He's a lot better rebounder. He's better at basically everything except shooting and self-creation. And so I think overall he brings more to the table and contributes more to winning. Fair enough. And Thomas, who's your number nine so that we can kind of finally compare? Nicole Bridges. Okay. Uh, I have yeah. that's low for me, in my opinion. Really? That's low. So yeah. I think he's Ryan better than has this. what? Interesting. I uh Mikhail Bridges, I had him on my two guard list, and I had him higher than that. I think I had him at like seven on my two guard list. And my biggest thing was I just want to see him be see him do what he did in Brooklyn again this year, be more consistent because I do really like him. So I can see why he would be around eight on your list. There's no reason he shouldn't. He was still good at the Suns. This has more opportunity now. Mm-hmm. Wait, so Ryan, you have Michael Porter Jr. 10, OG yes. Ananobi 9. Yep. Thomas, you have OG Ananobi 10, Mikhail Bridges 9. Mm-hmm. I have Chris Middleton 10, and I have Andrew Wiggins number 9. Um, I just think Wiggins, if you're comparing him to Middleton, is better on defense at this point. Uh, he showed that he was the second best player when they won the championship on their team. Um, a lot like Middleton. I think Middleton and Wiggins have similar shoes to fill. They're, they need to be the second best player on their team if their team's going to win. Uh, they've both been kind of injured or had off-court issues that have kind of hindered their play. Um, I just think they're both kind of similar. I would just take the youthfulness and the athleticism of Wiggins. He doesn't have as many injury problems. Uh, granted, he can't score as well, but he's better on defense. So that's why I have him number nine. Uh, we'll get to my Mikel Bridges take later. I think number nine's way low, in my opinion. But For mine, and actually, Wiggins is your number nine. Wiggins is my number eight player. I think he's really similar to OG Ananobi. He just, I've seen more self-creation from him. And he gets the ball in his hands a little bit more than OG. And he's contributed to being on a title contending team. He's shown he can be that piece when OG hasn't been in that situation quite yet. So I would trust Wiggins more in a playoff situation. He's a much improved shooter. And I think he's another one of those perfect pieces you would want as a complimentary starter on a title contending team. Thomas, did Wiggins even make your list? No. Mm. Wow. wow. Okay. Okay. You're out here OG Ananobi for the win. I'm, cu- I'm curious to see who he has up there. I'm surprised you guys. I mean, I guess you don't have Paul George or Larry Markkinen on your list. So, Yeah, I, I don't, don't have Paul George or Larry Markkinen, so that does leave a couple of spots open. Yeah, I just don't have Paul George on mine. That would boot out my number nine and number ten. So Middleton and Wiggins wouldn't make it if both of those were considered small forwards. I just don't have them. I have him in a different position. So, mm. who is your number eight, Thomas? Brandon Ingram. Wow, that's a I good guess, one. 
I guess I have to take into consideration that you have two other players that would definitely be on this list. Is Ingram? I have Ingram higher. I have Ingram higher. Well, he's just not better than the other players on my list. Quite simply. Hmm. Number eight. That's a good place to have him. Honestly, I don't know what happened. I totally space Brandon Ingram. But what? yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's because the Pelicans were in such a rough Nobody situation last year. But Brandon Ingram, I think he's good. I would. I like this range for him, though. I think the seven eight range is pretty good for Bi. He's an elite scorer. He can play make. He's a good rebounder. I mean, I think he can be a number two on a title contending team just because of his ability to score in isolation and he can carry you um, for moments on offense and playmaking. I think that's criminally low. Mm. I don't. Okay. If you had to pick, let's just put hypothetically here. Yeah. I know that Paul George is on your list, Thomas. Mm hmm. If you had to pick between Brandon Ingram and Paul George right now heading into next year, who would you take? I'll spoil it. Paul George is seven, and I struggled Okay. who I wanted to put at seven or eight. I still think Paul George is a bit better. He does have the injury problems, but when he's on the floor, he's better. When he's to on the floor, he was dominant. To rebuttal that, though, Brandon Ingram also has a lot of injury problems, just as bad as Paul George, honestly. And he hasn't bit hit the same level as we've seen Paul George hit. I mean, he is younger. So he, there is that. He does have more potential to get better, but he's also a guy who's been hurt a lot. I, we're not talking about peak Paul George, though. What, when was the last time we saw that in Oklahoma City? Yeah, I mean, because he just doesn't stay on the floor. Last year, even when Paul George was on the floor, he, would, he was floating around 20, 21 points per game. Five, six assists, five, six rebounds. Brandon Ingram's scored, hitting you 25-27 a night in his sleep. George scored 24 points a game last year with six rebounds and five assists. So, I now, personally think Brandon Ingram... 56 games. How many games did Ingram play? I think they were, they were both pretty injured last year. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty close because Ingram, the last like two seasons, maybe three, he's had some injury issues. It might be because he's so freaking skinny, that guy. He might need to put on a good extra five to ten pounds, and then he'll probably be okay. Point a game more, um, had less rebounds. It's very close. Ingram only played 45 games. So Paul George, yeah. stats are similar. I think Paul and are just slightly better on the defensive side of things. And he was a bit better. It's tough. I mean, I wouldn't complain if you put either of those at seven. But. They're definitely the same tier of player at this point in their career. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think my thing is, is I think Paul George is on the, the decline. Mm -hmm. And Brandon Ingram is starting to get to his yeah. peak. But see, and, and I feel like why, they're meeting kind of right now, like yeah, it, I think as well up and down. I think you could definitely say they're the same caliber of player. I think if the Clippers had Brandon Ingram with Kawhi, it, it'd be pretty similar, yeah. right? Uh, I'm just going to go with the younger guy because he has more room to improve and take a leap next year. That's what I'm betting on. I think Brandon Ingram, That's fair. I have, I have him in my top five. Small forwards. So okay, I, I mean he can take that type uh, of a leap. I if remember. he 
if he, yeah, if he does what he does for a, a full season and stays healthy, I don't think that's crazy. But kind of like some of the other guys who we've been ranking lower due to injuries, I think that's kind of why he settles more in the seven eight range. At least if I were to have had him on my list. Well, uh, let's get the cat out of the bag. My my eight, my number eight is going to maybe surprise a lot of you. It's Kawhi Leonard. That's pretty bad. And see, I this has to be because of injuries, right? Bro, the, okay, the only reason he's on this list is because of what he's able to do. Yeah. The only reason why he's this low is because will he ever play basketball again? I don't know. The dude just doesn't play. He shows up. Uh, he's gone through a ton of knee injuries. When he plays, he looks like a top five player in the NBA. Those first two games in Phoenix last year in the playoffs, and we're like, okay, Kawhi's back. The Clippers are going to the NBA Finals. And then he just doesn't play. And I don't know if I can rank him any higher above people that I know for a fact uh, will play basketball for their team and get paid for a job that they do. I just don't know if Kawhi plays enough anymore. He's a lot higher on my list, but mostly because it was similar to where we what we did with Kyrie. I couldn't put him be- I couldn't put other guys above him because when he is healthy and playing, he's a number one guy who can win you a championship and you just can't stop him. Yeah. So that's why I have him higher, but he's still because he could be if he played at least 60 plus games every year, he could easily be the number one guy on this he list. Could. He could and be. at this point, cause he still could be, should be in the prime of his career. Um, but he just, his availability is weird. And the Clippers always keep everything super quiet with that. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't blame you for having him this low. A lot of people kind of struggle with can... what he is at this point. Cause we never see him. I'm with Ryan. I mean, yeah, the injury stuff, off-court drama. I think the playoffs is not so much an injury, but he's just too good, man. He's just too good to put down at eight. I agree. I agree he's too good. I think he could be easily number one, two, or three on this list. My thing is, is if you're taking him for one year, is he even going to play for you? We have no idea. He hasn't. The past it's an two, unknown. So I'm not sure. That's why I would rather take a player like my number seven or number six because I know they're going to go out there and they're going to play. They're not as good as Kawhi. They're not a number one player on a championship team because there's only five or six of those dudes in the NBA, and Kawhi Leonard can be one of those guys. The thing is, is he just, ever since he, ever since the bubble year, really, he's kind of just been inconsistent with the amount of games he's going to play. On the bubble, he was pretty well. So that's my take on Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, and this kind of goes into my number seven uh, pretty well. I I put Chris Middleton at number seven kind of for the same reason I think I had Kawhi Leonard higher is because, well, the last two years, Chris Middleton hasn't been quite as good and he hasn't been available for his team. He's shown that when he is healthy and he's there and he's playing – he like kind of like you mentioned earlier, he's a number two guy, and he can be on that team that wins you the title. So I ha- had a hard time putting him lower than guys who don't currently have that ceiling. Like they can't do that right now. And as 
and I feel like he still has that in him. I mean, we'll find out this year for sure, but that's why I couldn't put him below seven just because of what he is capable of doing when he does play. That's fair. That's a valid point. My thing is, is so you don't have Brandon Ingram on the left because he spaced it. Yeah, I had forgotten him. If you had to pick between those two, who would you take? I'd take an Ingram. Every I time. also would take Brandon Ingram. I would have put him on, on my list. I probably would have put him at seven if I had to add him back in. That's that's where he would have. You would have you oh, bumped out who? Michael Porter Jr., and I would have put there. Brandon Ingram at seven. Okay, I was just checking because... Yeah. <laughs> Don't sleep on Ingram, man. He's the most underrated player in the league, man. I'm so. not. I just want to see him be healthy. So you have Middleton at seven above Wiggins, Ananobi, and Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just, okay. Because I don't okay. see those guys being able to be a number two guy on a championship team. Like, I don't think they have, none of those guys have that in them. Um, I mean, you could argue maybe Wiggins was with Curry, but they had so many other guys at his level that it was just kind of like, I mean, is it Draymond? Is it Clay? Like, so I just don't think any of those other guys have that in them like Chris Middleton does. My additional take on Middleton is I don't even know if he's their second best player anymore. I think I'd take Drew Holiday over him. So, uh... If he is, then they're definitely going to go further than they did last year, getting bounced by Jimmy. We'll talk about Jimmy later. He's up there. uh, He's (laughs) up there, folks. But I just don't know if Middleton's even their best player anymore. Uh, That's why I I had him at 10 behind Wiggins and, of course, Kawhi. But Thomas, who's your number seven? Paul George. Paul George, okay. Yeah. Makes sense, kind of like we talked about, kind of in that same range as Brandon Ingram, similar players. Those two are very interchangeable in my eyes. Yeah, I, again, I don't have Paul George on this list, but he's definitely a similar caliber player. Uh, He's definitely better than Middleton, and he's definitely better than Wiggins. Uh, If you had to, I mean, I guess you guys would pick Kawhi over Paul George, but... I think Paul George is still even more available than Kawhi Leonard, even with all of the crazy injuries that have been going on over there. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he has played more than Kawhi Leonard in L.A., that's for sure. Um, I also feel like both of those guys will probably come into this year and want to play more just because their extensions are on the line at this point, and... If they don't bring it this year, I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers were like, you know what, play out the rest of your contract, accept your player option or don't, but we're not bringing you guys back and we're going to let you go and we're we're going to restart just because this hasn't worked out. We're either going to trade you guys, let you guys walk and use that cap space. So I do feel like this year, those guys might try harder to be available. So we'll see what happens. Valid. My number seven uh, is DeMar DeRozan. Dang, that's crazy high. So I have DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> Look, get this, okay? He's Wait, definitely right. better. I think DeMar DeRozan's definitely better than Chris Middleton Andrew, and Andrew Wiggins. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
Those are my two nine and ten. The only reason I put DeRozan over Kawhi is because I'm sick and tired of getting excited for Kawhi Leonard to play basketball and just not playing. You're telling me DeMar Rosen is better than Paul George? Kawhi Leonard. Paul George, is, Paul George isn't on my list. Okay. Yeah, we had Paul him on George the two-card list. Guard. Yeah, yeah. I think DeMar DeRozan and Paul George are kind of in that same area. DeMar DeRozan is going to get you 27 tonight. Yep. And he'll play. He'll actually play basketball. He only averaged so, like 20 and a half. I look at him. I look at him as a, a legit number two option on a championship team. If you put uh, DeMar DeRozan with, you know, a LeBron James or yeah, a Steph Curry, you know, good. then their title contender is easy. The Bulls just – he can't be a number one. Yeah. And that's his number one. That's his big knock. But neither can Middleton, neither can Wiggins. Neither well, can, uh, you know, and that's why. But that's also why Toronto moved off of him and brought in Kawhi was because he wasn't a number one, and they were able to bring in a number one guy, which yeah. propelled them to win the title. The, and, hey, Kawhi Leonard's a better player than DeMar DeRozan. Ludicrous. He doesn't play basketball anymore, okay? He just doesn't play. <laughs> I could be eating crow. Because I had DeMar DeRozan over Kawhi Leonard, and it's 100% based off of the fact that DeMar DeRozan plays and Kawhi doesn't. Kawhi does no good for you if he's on the bench. So, here we are. DeMar DeRozan's better than Kawhi Leonard. That's my hot take. Welcome to the Second Take Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I mean, time to move into my number six. Uh, I feel like at this point, starting to get into that that higher level, like that for sure, all-star tier, at least for my list. Uh, Ryan, you haven't said DeMar yet, have you? No, I have not yet. Oh, gosh. I have this... not yet. <laughs> hey, when we get there, when we get there, I will explain my reasoning. Good. I, I have my reasons. I have my reasons. But my number six guy uh, on my list is Lowry Markkinen. Um, I wow. put him. I put him at number six. You because... have Rose in top five. Small forward in the NBA. I don't know about this. I think I thought hey. my take was hot. Dang, hey, man. I don't. I don't think it's that crazy. I don't think it's that crazy. Here, I'll I'll explain when we All get right. there. But let's get through, La- Let's get through number six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you guys you guys will hear it. You'll hear it. Um. So Lowry Markkinen had a great season last year. He was a number one guy, and he was an All Star as a number one guy. Who knows if you can win a title with him as your number one guy yet? I mean, we'll find out. But I felt like. He had a better year than a guy like, for example, DeMar DeRozan. He had a better individual year than a guy like Kawhi Leonard. But I want to stay consistent with how I've ranked my list. And this was his first year doing it. So I want to see him do it again, right? Show me that consistency. Show me that you are that all-star player and that you can do it every year. And last year wasn't just a one-time thing. So that's why I put him up at six, despite him having a really, a really good year last year. All right, take it away, Thomas. I see you shaking your head. So he's got some thoughts. Quiet Leonard at six, mostly just because Andreas doesn't play as much. He'd be higher if he's more reliable, but he's definitely better than Tamar DeRozan. Come on. <laughs> 
Hey, I haven't I haven't said Kawhi yet either. So yeah, Kawhi is also in my top Kawhi. five. I'm looking at only one. I'm the only <laughs> one that's mentioned Kawhi, and he belongs at number eight. Okay. Because he doesn't play. So Roland got him at eight. Thomas has him at seven. I have him higher. Thomas has him at six. Oh, six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you have Markkanen. Um, If I were to rank Markkanen in this list, just go piggybacking off of your take, I probably would have put him at five. So in this range. Yeah. I think him and Brandon Ingram could be competing for that number five spot. I would just take Markkanen because of the size. He's uh, huge. And versatility. Um, Ingram's a little bit better of a playmaker, but yeah, uh, I mean, I would have put him at five. Lowry plays a lot like Clay Thompson, um, did about kind of his peak in Golden State, except he's seven feet, like he's bigger than Clay was, so he can do do a little more in the paint inside. But he's that same off ball perimeter player mm-hmm. that's just super lethal. Like he you can't demand the ball, Asking yeah, too, but he can still get you forty. He, he can play with almost any other star. Like he, I think he's a yeah. really good complimentary star just because, like you said, he doesn't have to have the ball to score. Well, yeah, and I, I would, I definitely would have put him probably number five on the small forward list. I have him as a power forward. We'll get to that next episode. Uh, but he's definitely going to be higher than five in the power forwards. Um, my number six is Kawhi Light himself. Mikael Bridges, baby. Two-way player. I think he's going to explode this year in Brooklyn. He's going to average 25, 6, and 6, and he's going to get you two steals and a block. Uh, He's probably the best two-way player that we've mentioned so far uh, at this position because Kawhi Leonard doesn't play basketball anymore, so you can't say he plays defense. Uh, DeRard DeRozan doesn't play defense very well. Middleton is injured. Wiggins, definitely not the caliber of defender of Bridges. Um, Ananobi, for your guys' list, I'd take Bridges as a defender. Uh, best two-way player at his position, I would say. And yeah. I just think he's going to have a heck of a season with Brooklyn. So that's why I have him at, at six. It's a lot better than putting Darlison on seven. <laughs> <laughs> Look, hey, we got my Darlison out than- of the way. Put him at. What is he number three on your list? Um, I mean, let's you see. Love Jason Tatum. No, 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 no. Okay, so I mean, if we're gonna to move on to answer your question, actually, my number five is Demar Derozan. Ooh. I put I him at number like five. He he's an elite scorer, right? He can yeah. score. Can't really stop him, even though he doesn't shoot threes. Um, he's super clutch, which I don't think he gets enough credit for. Like, he can close games. He can be a closer. Well, he's probably not good enough all around to be your number one guy. He has, he is still a really good playmaker, which is kind of something he developed in San Antonio when he wasn't scoring as many points. Um, I see him as being a really good number two, kind of like Roland mentioned. I think if you have a high-level number one guy, him as the number two, and then a well-put-together team around those guys, I think it works. I think you can win a chip with that. Um, he has been doing this for years. I mean, he's been at this level for many, many years. I've seen the consistency from him, which is why I gave him the edge over Lowry, just because he does this every year, and he's shown he's a closer. I mean, he's played in the playoffs a lot more 
for example, Markkinen hasn't even made the playoffs yet. So I know he can be that guy to consistently give me just buckets. Super talented offensive player. If we're taking DeMar DeRozan in a vacuum for just one season, that is a very valid take. Um, the only thing that Larry Markkinen would have on him is size and probably defense. And shooting. but And shooting. The ISO, yeah, the isolation offense, though, um, yeah. definitely better than Markkinen's. Uh, oh, it's not ball handling, comparable. playmaking. So that's not comparable. Markkinen's a better shooter, mm-hmm. a catch and shoot, but DeRozan can create a shot significantly better. That's not even close. So I think that take, putting him at five, is way better than not having him in the lift. <laughs> What's your? Why do you hate Demar Derozan? The talent in the league is going to be ridiculous next year. There's going to be. There's a lot of players that are due to make a huge jump, and I just think they're going to be better than him next year. And look, I, I can see what you mean by that, because if we're looking at guys on this list who would have been all-stars six, seven years ago, I mean, we're talking about a guy like Wiggins who averaged 18, 4, and 4. That used to be an all-star. Like, Paul George was an all-star his first year in Indiana when he averaged, like, 17 points per game. Like, that used to be an all-star caliber player. And now we're like, oh, you know, that's a good starter. So the league has definitely got better. For sure. But, I mean, I just, from what I've seen from DeRozan, I haven't seen him fall off yet. He's still at the same level. So that's why I I put him on my list. So that's your fifth. My fifth is Brandon Ingram. This is where I I have him. Uh, If I had Laurie Markkinen in here, it would probably go Ingram, Markkinen, Bridges, DeRozan. Uh, Those are all very close. They all average around 24 a game. Uh, The reason I have Ingram over, let's say, a DeRozan or Bridges, simply because I think this is the year that he really takes his next step. Uh, He's a better shooter from three, at least creating his own shot from that range than all of them. And with the stipulation around Zion or whatever, Zion even is going to play basketball ever again because of his injuries. Uh, I think Ingram is going to show that he could be a number one option on a playoff team finally. Just because who knows what's going to happen with Zion. And I don't even know if DeMar DeRozan's going to make the playoffs ever again until he leaves Chicago. So, Yeah, Chicago's not in a good situation. New Orleans is in a lot better place. Um, Brandon Ingram has a lot to prove this year. Um, I just would like to see him stay healthy because when him and Zion are out, it just always screws over the Pelicans and they just plummet yeah. in the standings. They need at least one of them. And if they have both of them, they're probably a home court team. So... Who's, Who's your, your number five, five Thomas? Thomas? I've got Larry Markkinen. I wanted to put him higher, but I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, because the other four. I biased there, but, man, he was just so good. All-star starting. He averaged close to 26 points a game, eight and a half boards, two assists. The most impressive thing, 50% from the field, almost three, 88% from the free throw. So he's almost a 50-40-90 guy to give you 26 points a game. Interesting part about the Jazz last year is if they didn't make those trades the deadline, they would have been a playoff team. 
And a huge reason of that is Laurie Markkinen. And he still dominated even after that. Coming in next year, they'll make the playoffs. He'll be an all-star again. I think he's even going to take another jump. He's been off in the military this whole summer, so I think he's just going to come ready to play. Yeah, I mean, and you bring up a good point. I think the Jazz would have been at least a play-in team had they not traded away their guys and then decided to sit people at the end of the season. Uh, but they just, I guess they decided it, it wasn't worth it for this year um, to just kind of sneak in. They wanted to get some more young picks or young players and assets. Um, and kind of like I said, if I see Lowry Markkinen have a similar year to last year, I would have no problem moving him up on my list. Yeah, same. I, I mean, I, I have him in a different position, but I really think he, out of all of the players we've mentioned so far, probably has the most room that he could jump. I think he's the only player that, out of like Brandon Ingram, Mikkel Bridges, DeMar DeRozan, that could jump into like the top four. Yeah, especially if Kawhi Leonard has another eh kind of season with health issues. Book it now, it's going to happen. Guaranteed. Yeah. That's a yeah. Roland Bowman <laughs> Kawhi Leonard is going to only play 40 games this year, Max, and get bounced out of the first round of playoffs. Hey, I don't even think that's a hot take. I think that's a completely reasonable take. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's a Roland Bowman guarantee. Let me ask you this. Who do you think is better, Laurie Markkinen or Donovan Mitchell? Cause I give it very similar. I give it to Donovan right now just because, like I keep mentioning, he's done it for multiple years, right? He's had huge playoff games. He's been a closer before. Um, so I, I give him the edge right now just because, just because of that. I mean, Mitchell's like what, top 10 guy on a lot of people's lists? Close I don't know. It. I don't know. He. Not, I don't know if I put him in my top list. ten. Yeah. I'd have to put Jalen Brunson above him. So. <laughs> you can't beat Jalen Brunson. That's for sure. So. If you want to beat Donovan, just have Jalen Brunson. Anyways, I'll stop talking about Larry Mark and we can move on. No, I okay. think that's a, I mean, yeah. I think that's an understandable take. Yeah. Uh, I. Yeah. The only reason I don't have him is because I think it's a power forward, but. Just I think next year. I mean, we haven't seen him in the playoffs yet, and that's a big deal. That's why, like, if you look at Jimmy Butler and Markkinen, Markkinen had a better regular season. Yeah, but then we saw what Jimmy Butler did in the playoffs, yeah. and we were like, that's well, right. this is who he really is. So, we'll have okay. this thing, I think. Yeah. All right. Okay, so, let's, then, just to recap, we have yeah. my number 10 is Chris Middleton. Ryan's number 10 is O'Jan no, Michael Porter Jr. Well, let's bump it down, because if I'm adding Brandon Ingram in, having him okay. higher so it would be og and Anobi at okay. my 10 all right i will recap my list then we'll go ryan then thomas so i i have middleton 10 wiggins 9 Kawhi 8 demar rosen 7 mikhail bridges 6 and brandon ingram 5 delusional <laughs> and then it's better thomas... than not having demar rosen on the list okay <laughs> that, no, that, that was the most surprising thing that's happened on these lists so far no demar in the top Quite 10 way worse Okay, what's your recap so far, Thomas? Ten through five. Ojanobi, Mikael Bridges, Ingram, Paul George. Those two are kind of interchangeable. Kawhi and Lari. Okay, and then mine so far is Ojanobi, Andrew Wiggins, Chris Middleton, Brandon Ingram, Demar or Larry Markadin, and then Demar Derozan at five. 
And that uh, slides us to our number four spots where my number four, I feel like all these guys at this point are in the same tier. So I felt yeah. comfortable moving him down to four because everyone else can do it almost what he can at this point um, was Kawhi Leonard. Uh, number one guy. I hate could, that take. Could, could be the number one guy on the list if he actually <laughs> played, but I just I couldn't drop him down because you can't, in my opinion, you can't say any of the other guys on this list can do what did he you, does when healthy. Wait a minute. But was, did you forget somebody? Who are you missing, yeah, dude? There's no way that makes any sense. Having quiet four? Who are you missing? Katie, LeBron, Tatum, and Butler left. Oh, shoot. Did Dang. you forget somebody well, again? I, I, no, so... What happened is I have, I put KD, because I know I know KD. I put KD I think at four, because that's where he was in Brooklyn and Phoenix. So I have him as a four. Oh, he would okay. he would have been on higher on this list, but I had him at four. If that's who you're talking about. Okay, Saved by the Bell. <laughs> um, I have Kevin what? Durant number four. Okay. Just right into that. So I have KD number four. Uh, my only stipulation is he, again, he's another player that could be number one. It's just, there's been more, it's more about the circumstances that he's put himself in that has kind of deteriorated his ranking for me. Uh, there was a time and place that you could have considered Kevin Durant maybe the best player in the world. Um, ever since he left Golden State, went to Brooklyn, he had a whole year where he, was, where he didn't play. And then he's just kind of suffered injury after injury. And I don't think he's at the point anymore where he could realistically even qualify for first team all NBA play enough games to qualify for these awards and positions. And then when he's in the playoffs, you know, he's a freak, he's a beast, but he just really hasn't taken his team and elevated his team to where we expect. So he's just kind of fallen short of expectations and that's why I have him at four. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a bad place to put him at all compared to these other guys because him is the number one main dude. He made the finals once, made the conference finals once. I mean, in Golden State, that was Steph's team, let's be honest. I mean, they had two top five players on the same that team. That team but couldn't fail. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, it wasn't really him leading the team when you have Steph prime clay prime draymond so he has definitely not been able to meet expectations he's an absolute bucket you can't stop him from scoring he can only stop himself but ever since he left golden state his availability has been a big concern yeah i've got katie at four too i don't like ranking players based off injury um but i think katie's at the point in his career where He's kind of hitting that age where it is a concern because it has been happening so much. Um, plus, I just he hasn't played as much as these other guys, so it's hard to say that he's better. Yeah, and I also think he's transitioning more into being that high-end second-best player on your team. Yeah, Booker's looking. I think, yeah, Booker's looking nasty. Uh, we had him as our best shooting guard yep. in the NBA last episode. And I really think if Booker, if the Phoenix Suns want to win a championship, Booker might have to be your best player. And the other three players on this list, uh, 
are consistently the best player on their team. So that's kind of why I have KD down there for, I just think he's transitioning into a high, super high number two. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's kind of hard to put him in the top 10. And it's not even like he's regressed or anything that much because he is probably still in that top 10 range overall. But it's like, you just look at guys, how much better some of these guys have gotten, like Joel and Joker. And it's like, he might not be as high up on this list anymore because he is talented. He's good at everything, but he's like, he is also getting old and maybe it feels like, I don't know. He's just not hitting these expectations and how much longer can you defend him for not doing that? So, um, and then that kind of transitions us, us to our number three. Uh, I have Jimmy Butler at my number three. Um, Regular season guy, just kind of coasts, still good enough yeah. to make All-NBA. Um, he focuses more on helping his team improve, at least, playing defense, passing. Um, but once he gets to the playoffs, he becomes more aggressive. He's shooting the ball. He has the ability to take over. He has the ability to close. He can carry his team to the finals. He's done it twice. Once yeah. as an eight seed, which is crazy, beating the Bucks in the first round. Um, he just needs better players around him, honestly. And I think he could be a guy that could win a title, but... Beat him, Dame. <laughs> hey, that, that that might change a lot. You get two guys like Dame and Jimmy. I don't think that trade's going to happen. No, it shouldn't. It does. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But All right, number three. Who do you have at three, Thomas? Jason Tatum. Mm. Dallas. Jimmy beat him. Plus, I think Tatum's biggest flaw is he's just been inconsistent. He'll show up at times, and other times he won't play well. And that's, I think, the main reason the Celtics oftentimes fall short from reaching the finals when they should. And that's the same reason the Warriors beat him in six. So I think Tatum just needs to learn to be a little more consistent when it matters, and he might even be number one. So, What separates Tatum from the rest of the pack that you've mentioned so far for you? Elite scoring ability. He gets buckets like nobody else in the league. It's kind of similar in Miami. I mean, it doesn't seem not the same play style, but I'm not saying he scores in the same level as KD, but it just comes that naturally to him. And so he's also always healthy. He's a pretty solid defender. He can facilitate. He's an efficient player. Knock down the three. He doesn't have many weaknesses. No, he's just a really, really good all-around player that give you 30 points a game. So, Yeah, I, I have him actually a bit higher. Um, but Jason Tatum and, like, Kawhi and Kevin Durant are kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. they're both extremely tall and can create their own shot from anywhere. Uh, Tatum, his biggest flaw is it just seems like he gets right on the door every season. He's always in the conference finals, which that shouldn't be a knock. No, he's a he's a guaranteed trip to the conference finals. Yeah, and you can't say you can't say he's not a playoff player, even though sometimes, you know, has his moments every once in a while where he really struggles or doesn't show up but it's not like that happens all the time right like he has these crazy good moments he has closing moments um he's successful 
and it makes sense why Boston decided to switch up their core a little bit this year. Just because, like you said, they keep getting to this point that they just they can't get over the hump. So they need they need something different. They need to try something else. So, but who is your number three, Roland? My number three is LeBron. Okay, I have LeBron James at three. Uh, you could argue he's still the best, but I don't know. If anything, I might have underplayed him because this year I think they're going to have a lot better team around him. Uh, my only knock on LeBron is you have to build the team around LeBron. LeBron doesn't really fit into your team. Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, you can plug them on any team and they'll just take them to better heights. Whereas LeBron James, you know, he can't play with a Russell Westbrook. Uh, he has to have a certain type of team around him. And we saw this year he was able to take a, a seven seed to the conference finals. Um, and that conference final series was a lot closer than a sweep indicates it to be. I just think, you know, he's getting older. And as the third best small forward in the league, I think that's a huge compliment to someone that's been playing 21 years in the NBA. Yeah, years old, yeah. I mean, I will say, so he's not the same player he used to be. He has started his regression. He isn't the same guy who can just go out and carry your team. He doesn't do that anymore. He gets tired, right? So you obviously have to manage him, manage that, have the right guys around him. But I do think because of his regression, he might be undervalued at this point because of what he's still able to do. I mean, he's still one of the smartest guys in the NBA, plays basketball the right way right um you just he's not going to carry you anymore like he used to right like me we could maybe do it for a couple minutes but he's not doing it the whole game anymore and that's kind of why i have him at three i think the other two are in a place where they could carry a team uh, backpack a team to a conference finals or an nba finals whereas you take away anthony davis and you even put like a lower level Number two with LeBron and the Lakers. I mean, he's just, he can't, he can't do it anymore. You know, in Cleveland, I can't look at LeBron James as that, that 2018 LeBron James or that 2016 LeBron James anymore. He just, he doesn't have the energy level. I think, like you said, he can do it in spurts and he has the skill and the, the IQ to do it. His body just, I mean, it's, it's, he's almost 40 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that just makes this, for me, at least so much more impressive that he is able yeah. to still do this because no one's been this good at this old before ever. Like, it's just never happened. He's also improved significantly from uh, three-point range. His percentage might not indicate it too highly, but he's shooting a lot more on volume. Mm. So... Yeah, so my LeBron James is my number three, uh, and yeah. Okay, well, moving place. on to number two then. My number two guy, I put Jason Tatum. Um, he just keeps rising. He doesn't really have any big weaknesses, except maybe he could be a little more consistent when it matters, but he's still, like we talked about, he has his moments. He averaged like eight rebounds a game. Um, I just think he, he has even more room to grow. 
And after this next season, I wouldn't be surprised if he was at least my number one guy. Um, he, he just he has a lot to offer. He's a winning player, you know, just kind of like what we already talked about. Thomas, who's your number two? I've got Jimmy Butler at number two. Just because I feel like he was better than Tatum throughout the playoffs. Regular season, I mean, for some guys, it just doesn't matter. So, sure, Tatum's regular season was a little bit better, but Jimmy was just incredible last year. He's been good in the playoffs for the past couple of years, and there's no reason he's not going to be next year as well. Um, the Heat do need to make some improvements, or else they might find themselves having a hard time making the playoffs. I mean, they were the eighth seed last year, and they just lost... Um, Gave Vincent to the Lakers, so we'll have to see. And they also lost uh, Struess as well, so they have some yeah, holes to fill. Two that key they contributors for sure. Yeah, they haven't filled those holes, and that means their team is worse now. And they're just hoping on the Dame trade to kind of propel them and get them better. Yeah. But if they don't get that, do they have a plan B? We might just see Jimmy taking more shots, being more involved in the offense. I mean. Last year, they did ask more of him throughout halfway point of the season, and he, he picked it up a bit. So I think we might see that more from him. But overall, just based off the past couple of years, and especially last year, I think he's better than him at this point. I mean, and I will add to that. I think if the Heat didn't go up 3-0 on Boston, I think Boston would have won the series. I think they just kind of fell asleep to start it. Um, I think if it was... 2-1 to start just anything besides a a 3-0 start I, I i could have seen boston finishing that they just for whatever reason they weren't ready when it started you can also argue they got pretty lucky in game six <laughs> with the putback yeah so i mean that ball pounces any other way the game's over 100 so, percent. i think necessarily but i see your point they did pick it up more, but that game seven was just horrendous. <laughs> and it's at their home. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that's why I can't put Tatum higher. It's, it's those, those, those moments where they don't pull through. Yeah, I'm, you guys have, I mean, we're talking about my, my number one and my number two. I agree with Thomas here uh, because Jimmy Butler's faced him like three times in the last four years or so in the playoffs and he's won twice. And I think in theory, he's outplayed him every single time. I mean, if you Uh, look in Tatum only scored 14 points and 11 rebounds for us. He just didn't show up in the way he needed to. That's not the only time that's happened. And it doesn't happen all the time, but it seems like when it really matters, he's not there. So that that's my biggest thing on the Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum debate. That's why I have Tatum two and I have Jimmy one. Mm. I have Jimmy one and I don't even know if I necessarily believe this. It's more, <laughs> it's, it's more of a tip of the cap to what he did in the playoffs. Yeah. I was just, I was just impressed. I mean, he's an eighth seed. You could have easily, when Giannis came back, you could have just folded and nobody would have really, you know, care too much but to not only go outplay Giannis beat the Knicks outplay Tatum now 
in the finals, he didn't have his best showing. Uh, I'll give you that. But the Nuggets were beating that team no matter what. Just it, was, it just wasn't going to matter. And then I revert back to the bubble season when he played LeBron in the finals. And he was going toe-to-toe mm-hmm. with LeBron James, who arguably could have won the MVP that year. So Jimmy Butler has just shown me time and time again in the playoffs that he is that guy that you want on your team. And he's a number one guy that can make it to the finals. He's yet to win one. Um, and I don't know if the Heat have the caliber of roster to ever win one if they maintain course. Tatum has a better roster. LeBron has a better roster. Kevin Durant has a better roster. But if you can take four undrafted players to the NBA Finals, you deserve some sort of recognition. And that's why I have Jimmy Butler number one. Yeah, no, I I think that's completely fair um, for the Jimmy Butler argument is he's been beating these guys head to head. He still shows up all the time. Um, but, I mean, my number one guy, I pick LeBron still. I just think I still have him at number one because the combination of his skill level at everything he does in total, I still think is higher than everyone else. When you're combining his scoring, his rebounding, his passing, um, his defense, he doesn't always try. But when he does try, I mean, he's still pretty good. It's just when he brings that effort, like the playoffs, I thought he's good defensively. Um, I just don't think... Kind of like I mentioned, I still don't think everyone is on his level yet with everything that he has to bring. I think guys are getting a lot closer, especially because he's fallen off. And after this season, I mean, depending on how he plays, he could drop out of out of my number one spot. But as of right now, that's where I have him. This might come as no surprise. My number one player is DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> From off the list to number one. Now, LeBron, I think something to note about him is just the perseverance he has. Last season was crazy. Team sucked and trades, and he stayed consistent the whole time. I mean, he yeah, was 29 points a game, almost 30 points a game again. And he was hurt a lot of the time, but he still came back and played. He played through a foot injury the whole playoffs, apparently. I think he's played through more injuries than we know of, and he always shows up. So he's never had all these other stars have had. And I think next year is the perfect storm for the Lakers. They have a lot of talent they acquired. They're a much better team. He won't have to do as much during the regular season. So he'll be more rested come playoff time. I don't expect him to get hurt as much, again, because he doesn't have to do as much. Um, And then come playoffs, I think he's just going to turn it up a notch. No, I do. Uh, I like your point, how you brought up how the Lakers season started. I mean, they started, everyone was making fun of them. We're like, ah, they're going to miss the playoffs again with LeBron and AD. But kind of like you mentioned, he just kept playing. He kept showing up. He kept doing his thing. And the Lakers improved their roster, and they started playing better. And then kind of like you mentioned, something I had even forgot about is his foot injury. And we don't know how much that might have affected him to end the season. So uh, maybe we give him a little bit of a benefit there. But he still played through it. and. When some of these guys like Kawhi Leonard um, will sit out if something happens to him, so I mean, even just in the playoffs, you could tell he was not as explosive, but he was still yeah. thirty-point games, forty-point games, triple doubles. It's just I don't know, man. Yeah, Nobody. I mean, LeBron. 
front james is the goat at this position not like without any doubt uh i think the only reason i kind of had him a bit lower is because it's his 21st year you know he's coming off of injuries everything you guys said could be a rebuttal towards him being a bit lower than number one he's got a better team so he doesn't have to do as much you know uh and he has been injured the groin injury in 2019 this foot injury he's just got these nagging injuries and the older he gets um unless he's got to deal with the devil uh he's got to have some sort of regression and i would i wouldn't be surprised if lebron finishes at the end of the year as the number one small forward i also wouldn't be surprised if a player like kevin durant or you know larry markinen has a better year if because lebron james is one misstep away from being out you know but you do have to uh credit the guy for at least not whining like Kawhi Leonard (laughs) and you do bring up a good point where LeBron James coming out this year since he is so old for basketball terms he could come out and plummet down this list right like he could come out next year and then finishes the number seven small forward right just because of how old he is so we don't really know what his regression is going to look like because it's been so graceful to him so far um it's like him and tom brady are the only guys in these sports that have such high demands on your body to be good for this long well and tom brady his last season definitely (laughs) fell off yeah not to say that this is lebron's last year but we don't know we don't know i mean I just hope he leaves the Lakers after this year just because the Jazz got that pick after he's gone, hopefully. You know, go follow Bronny somewhere, but we'll see. Watching him in the playoffs last year, did it really look like, oh, man, he's not going to be very good next season? No. That's why I have number three. And so, I don't know. The reason I mentioned that to do as much is because I doubt the injury concerns will be there like they were this year. Let me ask you guys this. If the Lakers were to win a championship, who's going to be their finals MVP? LeBron James. Could be Anthony Davis. I wouldn't be that surprised. I I personally think I personally think if the Lakers are going to win, AD has to be their best player. I don't think I think he has to be their best scorer. I don't think he has to be their best player. Because I think LeBron well, would still be better than AD all around. But AD, I think, would have to score more than LeBron does, be more dominant um, in that I, area. I actually believe the reverse is true. Yeah? Because LeBron can give you 30 just because of how smart he is. But AD, if they're going to win a championship, he has to average three blocks a playoff game. He's got to get 15 rebounds. He's got to score 25 points. You know? I personally think the Lakers go as far as Anthony Davis goes. And that's another reason why I have LeBron at maybe the third best small forward in the NBA. It's because I personally believe if the Lakers were to win a championship, Anthony Davis has to be their best player. Think about what what happened when they did win in the bubble. What did LeBron do that season? He just averaged 12 assists a game. Yeah. And I expect this year because he's got other players around him too. 
Yes, Anthony Davis is very important, but LeBron was clearly still the best player on that team. And I think we're going to have the similar situation this year. Because now they have more guys to throw the ball to, more guys that can do things with the ball. Not so much load on these two players. So I give you. No, I agree. I think LeBron, if this team wants to win, needs to be a point guard. Right now, who's better? And not a small forward, you know? I mean, we'll see. They, it's nice that they do have point guards on their roster, though. Just as, again, he doesn't have to have as much demand um, on him during the regular season at this point. Once the playoffs come, I mean, you can put the ball in his hands as much as you want. And you probably want that because he's going to make the best decisions. But I think definitely for regular season purposes, it's just better to have more ball handlers on your team. But guys who can still shoot, it's like someone like Russ who can't shoot, just doesn't work out. you got to have guys who can still shoot around LeBron. Well, who's your early pick to win the finals next year? It gets into another episode. So tune in <laughs> next week. I've got the Lakers. The big reason is... I think Dang. See, I'm not that as high on the Lakers as that. I don't think they're going to win next year. Honestly, I just think... There are a lot of teams who are younger who are going to get better and have more playoff experience now. So while the Lakers got a little bit better in the offseason, I don't think it was like a big jump or anything. We'll see. They Not bad, though. I mean, our top 10 lists were a lot different. Yeah. And in our first couple episodes, at least me and Roland, um, they were they were kind of similar. There wasn't big variance like this one. This one was all over the place. All right, just to recap, um, recap. my honorable mention was Franz Wagner with the the Orlando Magic. Then we jumped in to Chris Middleton at ten, Andrew Wiggins at nine, Kawhi Leonard, the perpetual sitter at eight, Demar Derozan at seven, Mikel Bridges at six, Brandon Ingram at five. Kevin Durant at four, LeBron James at three, Jason Tatum at two, and Jimmy Butler at one. And then just to recap mine, my honorable mentions were Michael Porter Jr. and Franz Wagner. My number 10 was OG Ananobi. Number nine, Andrew Wiggins. Um, Number eight, Chris Middleton. Number seven, Brandon Ingram. Six, Lowry Marketing. Five, DeMar DeRozan. Four, Kawhi, three, Jimmy Butler, two, Jason Tatum, one, LeBron James, and I do have Kevin Durant as a power forward, so. Mine, the great DeMar DeRozan was the honorable mention. <laughs> Darn it, dude. Oh, yeah, Novi's 10. Mikael Bridges, Ingram and Paul George, seven and eight. I don't really care where you put them. Five was Kawhi, or sorry, six was Kawhi. Five, Markinen. Four is KD, three is Tatum, two is Jimmy Butler, and number one is LeBron still. So. All right, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Second Take. Uh, tune in next week for more NBA Sports Talk.